to the Carolina Weather Group. We're happy to have you this evening. Uh, Scotty Powell here along with Frank Strait. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the severe weather threat that is possible. Uh, all modes of severe weather are possible. And that's uh, anywhere between damage and wind threat, large hail threat, uh, even the possibility of a few tornadoes. So, Indeed, uh, it looks as though the potential is there for an active severe weather day for us. Uh, uh, in uh, western North Carolina, probably uh, the early afternoon hours uh, in the southwestern corner of North Carolina, but spreading eastward, uh, upstate South Carolina should get it by mid-afternoon, along with the rest of North Carolina or western North Carolina, and then just uh, kind of barrels east uh, during the day uh, associated with a squall line pushing through. Looks as though the main concern is going to be for damaging winds, but uh, as you said, all of the modes are possible, some large hail and uh, some uh, tornadoes as well. So, so let's uh, let's kind of look and see what's going on at the big picture uh, wise. And as Frank was talking about, uh, we do have uh, a pretty big storm system up. So I'm going to pull up the, uh, uh, as you can see here, the Storm Prediction Center updated this a little bit earlier today. All of North Carolina, except the Wilmington metro area, is under a slight risk, and that's a level two out of five. And as you go into South Carolina, um, Frank, where you are there in Columbia, the upstate, also in that slight risk, the only places in, in South Carolina in that marginal risk, level one, uh, would be those coastal uh, areas from Myrtle Beach down to Charleston, down the Hilton Head. So uh, the question right now is uh, how... Uh, exactly this is going to shake out uh, a little bit to our west. Uh, we're going to see thunderstorms blow up over Georgia and Alabama and East Tennessee uh, during the afternoon. Will they congeal into a solid squall line as it comes across, as been showing, or will we see more in the way of discrete cells, as some of the uh, more recent computer models have been showing? If it's the latter, then we're going to have more of a tornado threat. If it's the former, less of a tornado threat and less of a hail threat too, but more of a damaging wind threat and potentially a widespread one. So uh, that is uh, still an unanswered question at this point is, is what the exact character is going to be. It looks as though there's going to be sufficient uh, shear for tornadoes to occur. Plenty of instability because we've got a warm and increasingly humid air mass in place out ahead of it as... So we're going to get the thunderstorms. They're likely going to be severe in some areas. The only question at this point is how widespread the severe will be and uh, what exactly the character will be. Will we see a bunch of tornadoes in South Carolina or will we uh, end up seeing uh, widespread damaging straight line winds? The other question we have at this point is just how warm it will be. It looks as though that warm front you mentioned will be across much of South Carolina to start the day and generating some clouds and some showers. If that uh, cloud and shower activity holds on long enough, that could maybe limit the uh, instability a little bit by limiting the incoming sunshine. So that's another question uh, to be answered at this point. If things work out as uh, favorably as they possibly could for severe storms, then we uh, may even see that uh, outlook get upgraded a notch to enhanced. Yeah, that's right, Frank. And for those folks, again, remember, if, if we see these discrete cells pop up on radar, those are the ones that really have that tornado concern that we'll be watching for. Those are the ones that are kind of on their own. Uh, they're able to get all of that inflow, all of that energy that they need. If it's more of a line, it's going to be a da damage and straight line wind threat. And remember, guys, wind is wind. So no matter if it's rotating or all blowing in a straight line, uh, the wind can do damage. Uh, case in point, uh, yesterday in Mooresville, North Carolina, there was a, a microburst that occurred there. 70 mile per hour microburst 
uh, downed a lot of trees in the uh, the downtown part of Mooresville. So again, wind is wind. So if it's blowing in a straight line or rotating, uh, it can and will do damage if it's strong enough. So uh, that is the threat. Frank, it looks like you have a skew T chart pulled up there. I can share that screen. You can talk. Sure do. Switch, what sure do. At. This is. This is from our uh, good friend uh, Levi Cowen's website, Tropical Tidbits. Uh, let me actually get rid of Skew T for a second so you can see the uh, the uh, model plot. The three kilometer uh, NAM model that we're looking at here, and uh, soon we'll have the Zero Z uh, high res rapid refresh to look at. But uh, for now, looking at the 18Z three kilometer NAM, and uh, this is the uh, concern here. If this is uh, right after the line has moved into uh, South. Carolina, as you can see, it's a broken line, uh, broken nature uh, to a certain extent, with maybe a discrete cell or two ahead of it in North Carolina, too. Um, the farther north you look, the more shear you'll have. The farther south you look, the more instability you have. And it looks as though the best combination of the two is going to be somewhere around the North Carolina-Virginia state line. Clicking on it uh, and getting the uh, sounding to pop up uh, in that area, that's uh, 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 roughly around Kings Mountain that I clicked on. Uh, check out the uh, wind profile here on the right side of the skew T. We have roughly a southerly wind at uh, as you get close to the surface, and then it gets gradually more westerly as you go up. Uh, that uh, veering with height is uh, favorable uh, for a, uh, a supercell to form. And uh, this hodograph up here, uh, the way it's curving here is also uh, kind of a, a favorable for supercells. Another thing I, I see looking at the uh, parameters on the side here, and again, this is only looking at one point, but uh, the uh, surface to one kilometer, storm load of helicity, a little over 100, uh, just enough that you have to watch for tornadoes. Uh, surface base cape, almost 2,000, that's ample for severe weather. Uh, mixed layer cape, 1,200 or so, that's ample for severe weather. Uh, downdraft cape, 720, that uh, I notice as well. The reason I'm really concerned about straight line winds Looking at the uh, sounding itself, notice the V shape close to the bottom. This inverted V, uh, that is a, a known sign for potential downburst and the damaging straight line winds. Reason being is because when you have a downdraft to form, you have a lot of moisture in that downdraft with the rain coming down, but it hits that dry air layer near the surface. And when it does, you get evaporational cooling that cools the air that's sinking, uh, causing it to become heavier, quote unquote, more dense. Uh, is the correct way to put it. So it sinks faster and accelerates as it gets close to the ground. And that's one of the ways that you get damaging winds to occur as you accelerate those downdrafts in that little layer of uh, relatively dry air close to the surface. That's right. So um, that is uh, what we're looking at. And also, uh, Frank was talking about uh, that tornado potential in the warm front. We also need to watch that warm front as it moves into the uh, North Carolina, Northern North Carolina, like Virginia area. And uh, the reason I'm going to do that, I'm going to pop up the SPC here. Uh, they have highlighted this particular area with a 5% chance of a tornado. Now, uh, that is relatively, uh, you know, that, that's nothing to sneeze at, I guess. You know, it, it's, it's something that we need to keep an eye on. Uh, as you go from Raleigh up to the Virginia uh, border. And there's also this portion down here in southwestern North Carolina from Asheville back to the uh, uh, 
uh, Tennessee, uh, Georgia, North Carolina line there. Uh, those are the areas highlighted at a 5% chance for a tornado. And as you go into you know, southern Alabama, uh, central and southern Georgia, there's actually a 10% risk of, uh, air, of, of tornado there. Uh, as we go to the damage and wind, you can see most of North Carolina and South Carolina in that 15% chance, which uh, tells us that there's likely going to be some damage and wind, uh, damage and thunderstorms with wind gusts uh, anywhere in this area. So uh, that, that's a majority of North and South Carolina. So uh, do not be surprised tomorrow to see severe thunderstorm warnings with the potential of 60 70 mile per hour wind gust. And as we go over to the hail parameters, also 15% chance for a good portion of North and South Carolina. Again, this is going to be a quarter size and larger. So, uh, you know, a lot of storms this week have, have produced some hail in North Carolina. So uh, another day that we could see some larger hail storms, you know, quarter size, uh, upwards of that. So uh, you need to be mindful of that. So again, uh, we are currently under that slight risk, which is a level two of five uh, until you get to the immediate coastline from Wilmington down through Myrtle Beach, Charleston into Hilton Head, where there is a marginal risk one of five. And uh, uh, let's see, we got some questions here. Uh, let's see. Um, we have Brownie TV here wanting to know how PTI is looking. Uh, that is the Greensboro area. So we're in under that slight risk of severe weather, that level two. And again, that uh, could see uh, some damage and wind gusts, large hail, maybe even a potential tornado. Uh, as soon as I, I'm looking in the background, the, the HRR uh, is almost through the run. So as soon as that gets all the way through, we'll show you the timing of that, the latest timing. Uh, it shouldn't take but a couple more minutes before we can get into that. So uh, bear with us with the timing. Um Let's see. Will is talking about the significant tornado perimeter. Uh, Frank, you have uh, you have that pulled up? Uh, uh, no, I don't. I could take a look at it. I was actually uh, I saw the question about uh, the, the Piedmont uh, Triad area, so ah. uh, I went and looked at uh, at that from uh, this afternoon's runs uh, of the uh, three kilometer dam. Since I had that in front of me, there's your yeah. sounding for it as the warm front's moving through, which is uh, right around daybreak. Looks as though you're going to have thunderstorms in the area. There's some instability, but not a ton of it. Uh, most of the instability is kind of aloft, but there will be some showers, thunderstorms around that area. That's going to be a sheared environment. Uh, uh, notice the uh, helicity values, including the low levels. So if we can get a good thunderstorm going, then yeah, it, it could take on supercell characteristics. Uh, there could be an isolated tornado with that uh, warm front as it moves through. So that is definitely something we'll have to watch as we go along the uh, North Carolina, Virginia line as that warm front moves through. And that's early tomorrow, it looks like, uh, before that moves through. Uh, then it, it kind of goes into Virginia in the afternoon. You see it that way, Scotty? Yeah, I, I do. That is exactly. Um, I was looking at we're through uh, 3 p.m. right now on the latest HRR, and it is showing exactly that right there around uh, you know, morning. Uh, we could see that warm front move through. So I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, so we will get the STP. Will's asking about that. Let's let the HRR run its course here. It's only a few more hours and we can kind of really get a good grasp of tomorrow. So we'll get back to that. Uh, unfortunately, we picked the wrong time to do a Facebook. Uh, hey, a Carolina <laughs> a Weather Talk Live as the newest model data is just now coming in. So uh, just bear with us. We can get that timing here in just a second. Uh, Brownie uh, TV asking another great question. Uh, can severe storms fix the radar gap? We can only hope uh, that uh, that eventually that radar gap will be fixed. Uh, but 
I don't see that happening, uh, unfortunately, anytime within the next year or so. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what that, uh, what that entails. So I appreciate uh, you watching Brownie TV and Will and everyone else, uh, Matthew, who is commenting here on our Carolina Weather Talk. Uh, Frank, let's talk about, uh, while we wait for these the last few hours to come in with this run, uh, so let's talk about that. How are some ways that, uh, that, that, uh, to get these alerts? Right. Well, step one, uh, just about everybody has a, sp a cell phone and a smartphone. You could uh, get apps that uh, give you that will get alerts to you. You have built in apps uh, that can uh, get you alerts. I recommend having at least one uh, weather app installed on your phone uh, from uh, whichever trusted uh, provider you you prefer, uh, be it uh, the Weather Channel, AccuWeather, uh, any, any of those will uh, also uh, relay alerts to you. Uh, you have that turned on. Make sure you have your emergency alerts turned on so that you'll get those. And uh, be sure you have the volume turned up. So uh, I, uh, when I have a severe weather situation, I have it set to vibrate full blast and, and turn the volume all the way up, especially if it's something that's happening at night, which uh, thankfully it looks like at least most of this event will be happening uh, during daylight hours. So that's step one. Uh, step two, if you got a weather radio, well, if you don't, you should uh, get a weather radio. Have that turned on and set to alert when the warnings come out. Uh, you can get those. Uh, some of the nicer ones will uh, allow you to program what county you're in uh, and what part of the county you're in so that uh, the warnings only come out or you only get alerted when a warning comes out for your area. So uh, that's a, a good way to get some alerts as well. Uh, don't rely on outdoor sirens. Uh, they're uh, sort of a last resort thing. Uh, you need to have other uh, systems in place, like those uh, weather apps or a weather radio. Uh, also, you stay tuned to uh, your local media uh, when uh, watches and come out and warnings uh, start to become issued in, uh, in your uh, metropolitan area or, uh, or your, your neck of the woods, whichever the case may be. And uh, that way uh, you have uh, the latest information because uh, things go to uh, TV stations and radio stations pretty quickly as well. So at some point, some folks may lose some power. So make sure you have those batteries in there. Make sure your phone's charged. Uh, those are all good ideas as well. Uh, and just stand weather aware, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, if you may be watching Netflix or Hulu or something like that. And so, uh, with those streaming services, you don't get those immediate alerts to uh, to pop in. So you want to make sure that you have your phone nearby. Uh, so if you are under some sort of polygon, you'll be able to uh, to know what's going on in your area. I was uh, pulling up some weather infographics, kind of where you should go. Uh, so here's our tornado shelter guidelines. And you can actually put this uh, severe weather uh, sheltering guidelines as well. Your worst options are your mobile homes, vehicles underneath over uh, highway overpasses. Uh, those are places you don't want to be. So tomorrow's a good day. If you do uh, live in a mobile home uh, or, or something of that nature, maybe you want to make uh, contact with some family or friends who may have a, 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 a site built home uh, that is anchored down. Uh, make sure you contact us. Hey, there's some severe weather moving in this afternoon. Do you mind if I come hang out until the storms pass? So that's where we want you. So um, another option you don't really want to be in is manufacturing homes. Like we talked about, uh, we're large open rooms like gymnasiums. Uh, I know these will be, unfortunately, uh, some of these storms could be moving through as school is being dismissed. So, um, you know, I have seen before, you know, school systems say, hey, we're going to close a couple hours early to get kids home before uh, the storms roll through. So we'll have to watch that. I actually heard um, 
um, through Weather Twitter, there was actually some places in Tennessee that were doing that. So we'll have to watch that. Uh, best option is interior room of a well-constructed home or building or a basement, lowest level, most interior part of your home. And uh, we don't have a lot of these here in the Carolinas, but if you do, uh, a storm shelter uh, or a FEMA-designated room, safe spot, is a, uh, is a good place to be. But if you do have a home with a basement, uh, that's the best place to be, um, as these storms roll through. And remember, you want to make sure that you have those supplies that you need. So a helmet, uh, is always a good idea. Some kind of sturdy shoes. So if there was unfortunately any debris or anything like that, uh, you have some sturdy shoes. So you're not walking on debris. It's always a good idea to have uh, that helmet to keep your head protected, some sort of eye protection to keep your eyes protected from any flying debris, as well as long sleeves and pants. That way your legs and arms don't get all cut up. Cut up. So uh, also if you have a pet, you want to make sure you have a, a pet crate there nearby your storm safe place. That way you can put them in there. So if there was unfortunately something to happen, uh, you wouldn't be scurrying around through the damage trying to find your pet. So those are awesome ideas to, um, to have in store. So it really becomes a now casting thing. And we watch the radar and see how the trends play out. Uh, so this is 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m. You can see a good portion of the Carolinas without any precipitation. Uh, here's our lot of storms moving into uh, eastern Tennessee. This is right at 11 a.m. And Frank, you know, this is a kind of like the future cast, but uh, – you can't take this verbatim, but uh, if some of this comes true, some of these are some nasty sales moving here into eastern Tennessee. Uh, yes, uh, indeed, they are nasty looking. And, uh, you know, you, as you said, you can't uh, take this uh, model as being the gospel, so to speak. Uh, it's it's guidance instead. But uh, that being said, uh, the radar probably will look sort of like that. Mm -hmm. it, probably not exactly like that, but... Um, probably similar. So uh, there will be those uh, uh, nasty thunderstorms around and they uh, likely will be uh, some of them severe in nature. So uh, there will likely be some dangerous weather occurring uh, in uh, East Tennessee at that time. The question is exactly what it will look like. Probably not exactly like that. That could be close. That's right. Uh, so this is uh, one o'clock. As you can see, our mountain communities in North Carolina and even the far upstate of South Carolina, starting to see some showers and thunderstorms develop. Here's 3 a.m. And this is what Frank was talking about earlier. These are kind of like little individual cells. You got one here in the upstate of South Carolina, one crossing close to the Augusta area. You have one here moving through the foothills of North Carolina. Uh, these are the ones we'll have to watch. Uh, this would be the most concerning for any tornadic development because they're kind of on their own. They're not associated with this line of storms that you see uh, the uh, H triple R picking up on East Tennessee in East Tennessee. So here's 3 PM. Here's 5 PM. We're starting to see this now start to kind of get into a broken line. But again, any of these cells, this one near the Columbia area, this one near Rock Hill, um, you know, these are the ones that we'll have to watch this up here, Cohen into the Raleigh area. Uh, we'll have to watch those as uh, they could produce a quickly rotating thunderstorm that could produce a tornado or damaging wind or large hail. Uh, that's that's uh, what we'll have to watch. This is unfortunately, Frank, at 5 p.m. Uh, as, as work is, is letting out and all that. So rush hour uh, could be pretty, uh, pretty messy across 
both North and South Carolina from Columbia to Greenville, South Carolina, up to Charlotte, even to the Raleigh area. This yes, that's is... the last thing that uh, Malfunction Junction in Columbia needs <laughs> is to have a severe thunderstorm moving through when they have all those people trying to get through there. It's bad that's enough it. when it's dry. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, this is 7 p.m., and you can see the one good thing about this, Frank, is uh, at least uh, the few, the model is showing that these are quick moving storms. They're, they're in and out pretty quickly. Uh, by 7 p.m., it's moving into the PD region and the Sand Hills of North Carolina and all right, so here is uh, 9 p.m. It's starting to move into the uh, Charleston area, into the Grand Strand of Myrtle Beach, into eastern North Carolina. Here's 10 p.m. It's moving off the South Carolina coast and moving into eastern North Carolina. And it really looks like, Frank, it's really starting to weaken as it moves into the eastern part of South Carolina there along the coastline. And that's uh, probably why there's that marginal threat there. It doesn't look as intimidating as it does back over central uh, and upstate of South Carolina as well as central and western North Carolina. Uh, that's right. Uh, it looks as though the uh, thunderstorms probably get to the coast uh, late in the day. Um, a couple of things will be going on there. There'll be a, a sea breeze boundary uh, and, and sea breeze uh, marine air moving uh, into the coastal plain, that should limit the instability uh, to a certain extent. On the other hand, it can locally increase the shear, so we'll have to keep uh, an eye on where those thunderstorms enter, right when, right when they intersect the, the sea breeze front there. Uh, there's some potential for some local spin-ups, something you have to keep an eye on. Uh, but uh, getting uh, with the storms moving into that uh, more stable marine air, uh, that lowers your severe threat a little bit. And uh, in the areas where that uh, line of storms arrive after nightfall, the, you've you lost your daytime heating, so it's cooling off, and you're losing your instability. So uh, the farther east they go, uh, then you know, the less intense they should be. They should uh, lose some vigor as they head toward the coast. So uh, Will was asking about the uh, um, significant tornado parameter, so uh, we'll pull this up. This is uh, uh, into the morning hours. Uh, this is around lunchtime, and here's the afternoon. So you can see some of these uh, STP numbers here in the upstate. Uh, Poisson, Poisson, Poisson up, I can't say that. Poisson up a little bit as they move through the upstate into the foothills. Now, does this mean we're going to have a tornado in these places? No, but it's kind of showing you uh, areas where the ingredients could be possible that we could see that. And you can really see up here, Frank, that area that was in that 5% uh, area uh, in northeastern North Carolina, really uh, kind of highlighted here with the STP values. Uh, this is going to be 9 p.m. as the front moves through and off the coast, and all of that is being pushed off. Let's go to the uh, Helicity tracks, and these are rotating thunderstorms, not necessarily tornadoes, but just kind of a depiction of where a supercell may develop and kind of track through. You can kind of see here's that one in the upstate of South Carolina. We've got one down here that goes right through the Greenville-Spartanburg area, Rock Hill into Union County, um, up in this area just north of Raleigh. Uh, so these are kind of these rotation tracks where we could see these supercells develop uh, and, and cause those severe thunderstorms. So, um, you know, that that's a good uh, good chunk over uh, a good portion of North and South Carolina. So, yeah, have all these things ready in advance because you may not get very much lead time 
uh, when a tornado warning is issued. Uh, typical tornado warning lead times are seven or eight minutes. That's not a lot, and that's typical. Sometimes you only get a minute or two before the time that uh, that alert comes out and the time that uh, the tornado hits you. So uh, by all means, uh, be ready to react and, and know what to do and react on that plan rather than uh, have to make the plan because you may not have time to do that. Tomorrow would be a great idea. I know a lot of us like to listen to podcasts or we have uh, our music app on our phone or we have satellite radio. Tomorrow might be one of those days, especially in the afternoon, that you just want to pop on the local radio affiliate and listen to them as you are traveling down the road. Uh, because if you're traveling, you may not know that you're under a tornado warning or severe thunderstorm warning. So make sure you have uh, that local radio on. That way they can pass along information to you. Uh, remember, if you are driving to get off interstate, don't stop on interstate. Don't clog up the interstates if it's hailing. Find a way, an uh, exit and exit off interstate. Don't clog up the roads because that in itself is going to cause a wreck. So uh, make sure you do that. So Frank, we will uh, close here. We appreciate you watching us here on the Carolina Weather Group. Uh, let's talk Carolina weather. Uh, we are going to be uh, watching for the potential severe weather on Friday, May the 6th. 2022 and just stay here with us and we'll keep you up to date with all the latest weather information for Frank Strait. I'm Scotty Powell. We hope you have a great evening.